Welcome to the Sex, Kids, and the Internet Show with Buddy Knight. Our show addresses real threats to families in the 21st century, internet pornography, online predators, and sexual immorality. Since we are talking about sensitive matters of an adult nature, please use headphones or make sure children aren't nearby, even if they're sleeping. Get ready to take some notes, grab your Bible, and discover how you can protect yourself, your marriage, and your children from threats facing us today. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back. I'm Buddy Knight, and I'm glad you're here. We're going to do some very important things today on the Sex Kids of the Internet show, because we've had a pretty good two months. We've talked about the nature of the porn problem facing our families, why porn is a sin, and how pornographers market to our children and market to us, as well as scriptures that we need to stand upon so we will be on solid ground, not on shifting sands. We've covered how to talk to kids about pornography and about how portable porn with iPods and cell phones and other devices is exploding in its use. And then last week, we talked about the special little-known problem of women becoming more and more involved with pornography themselves. This week, we want to talk about what do we do? What do we do when we find we have a problem? What do we do to protect our families? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to find out if we have a problem. We need to inspect our computers. And we need to know what to inspect for and then how to do that. Now, this isn't just a sales pitch, but we cover that in detail for both Windows and Macintosh users in our Sex, Kids, and the Internet workbook available through our website. It has a lot of click-by-click instructions there. But basically, what we have to do is we have to look for the kinds of files on the computer that are downloaded to the hard drive when people are involved with pornography. And we need to look for audio files because there is audio porn. There's video files and picture files and even text files. And then we need to look at how to configure our computer so that it's safer for our family. Well, the first thing you need to do on your computer is everybody in the family needs to have their own account. That has several benefits. Number one, it sort of makes, especially the young kids, feel special. I have my own account. I have my own password. I'm a grown-up. But it also allows you to be able to tell, since everybody will have their own separate My Documents and own separate areas for temporary files, if you find stuff, who was online when it happened? Plus, if you password all these accounts, and you want to for two reasons, it gives you a lot more control over your computer. For example, if one of my children doesn't have good grades or something, I can ground him or her by changing their password. And they won't have their brothers or sisters let them on the computer because I'm an evil daddy, according to some of my children. They know that if, let's say, Christopher is grounded for two weeks, and his sister Debbie lets him on her account, she'll be grounded for four weeks. It's a big motivator. My kids do not love each other that much. And so they can be grounded, and they can be controlled. Plus, if you have children that you don't want to spend too much time on the computer, if you have a password and they don't have it, and they have to come to you to log on and log off, that gives you a little bit more control, at least until you have wide-ranging filters and monitoring software in place. Another thing you need to do is look at where the computer is. No child, I don't care how old they are, even if they're an adult, needs to have a PC in their own private room with a door on it. 
All computers should be in public rooms with the screens easily visible in high traffic areas. That means it can't be on a desk and the monitor's facing the window behind the desk. That means it's on a desk or a cabinet or something, depending on your furniture. And if I'm standing at the entrance to that room or walking by it in the hall, I can see what's on that screen. So it needs to be in kitchens, hallways, places like that. Uh, in our home, my wife's formal living room is really the office computer room. That's where my 21-year-old son has his computer. My wife has her computer. We have the family computer. The only computer that goes anywhere else are my wife's and mine's laptops so that when I'm doing research for this type of show in our ministry, she's aware of what I'm doing, but it's not where the kids will walk in. And she has her laptop, which is provided by her employer, and it's filtered and locked down because she doesn't want to be bothered putting in grades. By and large, especially for the children, all of our family's computing is done in public areas. By the way, this not only includes computers, but any network-capable device. That includes cell phone use, if they can surf the web. That includes game systems, whether it's the PlayStation 3 or the Xbox or uh, the handheld PSP or iPods and iTouches like we talked about at the uh, Portable Porn Show. All those need to be in public rooms so that you can see what your kids are doing. Then you really need to put software on your computer to filter and possibly even to monitor what's going on. There are a couple of reasons. The first is accidents happen. Many of us have heard about WhiteHouse.com being a porn site. Well, so is Cinderella.com. And how many of our daughters, if they're young, might just put Cinderella.com in there, just curious, want to find out something about their Disney character they like. Plus, there are many popular websites that if you just misspell them a certain way, will take you to porn sites. Filtering software protects the entire family from inadvertent access to inappropriate material. So... You first need a filter. And even if you're listening to this and you don't have kids, a filter will protect your marriage. Because then you both know the other is not doing inappropriate things on the computer, and it removes temptation. We recommend in our ministry NetNanny by Content Watch. It's an outstanding program based upon a corporate filter that Content Watch uses for major Fortune 500 corporations. We like it because, one, it filters on the content of a page, not just the web address. So if a new website pops up, they'll be able to key off of certain things on the page itself and still filter it out. Also, NetNanny is very easy to use and configure once you sit down and learn it. It's not that hard, but it's different. All the filtering software is, and NetNanny has a great interface for parents to use. You can even turn off the Internet at certain times. Like for my two teenagers at home, their Internet access shuts off at 10 o'clock at night. It doesn't turn back on until 7 in the morning. That keeps them from staying up too late, chatting with their friends or surfing, or getting up early in the middle of the night to play on the computer and go on the Internet. Now, they can still do things on the computer. They can do homework. They can write letters. They can compose email. It just won't go anywhere until they have Internet access again. Another reason we like NetNanny is because it plays very, very well on the same computer with the monitoring package we call Spectre Pro. Spectre Pro tracks everything going on that computer. Who logs on when they log on? It takes screenshots and pictures of everything they do at whatever interval you set. Mine's set for every 30 seconds. 
So if my child says, Dad, I was only playing that game for an hour and a half, I can go online and see if he really was or if he wasn't, or even if he did take a break in the middle of it. It also tracks keystrokes, emails. It'll even tell them if you are moving files around. And Spectre Pro and NetNanny work well together. And that's why we recommend them. I've been using them personally for three years. They're both available through our web store or our website. NetNanny through our web store. Spectre Pro through a link to the Spectre Pro publisher via our website. If you go through our site and our store, it does help support our ministry. But that's not why we recommend them. We recommend them because they're the best value we have found that works together for families. The other thing you have to do is you have to talk to your kids about this. You need to tell them why porn is harmful. And if you remember from earlier shows, we talked about how it programs you as to what you're interested in. It gives you false expectations. It hurts your stereotypes, addiction, and it violates God's plan for sexuality. You also need to talk to your kids about the legal risk. A lot of teenagers and preteens are viewing child pornography, thinking, hey, they're my age, so it must be okay. But it's still illegal. It's still a federal crime. And if they get arrested for viewing child pornography, in many states, that is a federal crime that is prosecuted, and the states won't touch it. And it may not come off their record when they're 18. It's a lifelong stigma. There are also legal issues. What they do on MySpace and with webcams and other devices can land them in legal trouble beyond just dealing with child pornography. And as we've talked before, it can cost you scholarships or jobs. 20 to 25% of employers now screen Facebook and MySpace. 20% to 25% of employers now search out MySpace and Facebook for your son or daughter's page before they hire them. Now, what do you do if you catch your child viewing pornography? Well, if they don't know they're caught, just keep going because you don't want them to start erasing files thinking that they can do it quickly. You need to have those files remain on the computer so you can assess not only how bad a problem you have, but what the nature is. Were they viewing traditional pornography of a guy and a gal doing what's normal, or was it really deviant porn? The counselor will need to know so he'll know how to treat it. But if they know, if they see that they're busted, you tell them to stand up, get their hands off the keyboard, and walk away, and you go change all their passwords. There is one thing you might have to do if child pornography is involved, and this is very worrisome to parents. But if you find child pornography on your computer, you need to call the police. No, I'm not telling you to rat out your kid. But I am saying that you need to have some control over the situation. Child pornography is something federal, state, and local police departments are really going after. They've got some great network toys to track people down. If they show up at your house with a warrant, it not only will impact your child, who may have been the one viewing the child porn, but it can cost you your reputation and your job. Because your boss might say, oh, it was your son. Yeah, Bob, I can't take that chance. Go clean out your desk. You're trying to hold on to some control, and the police departments will work with you. Your child may still have charges filed against them, but it won't impact the whole family, and you'll have some means of having some control. Finally, pornography for more than 10 days needs to be evaluated by a licensed, experienced Christian counselor who is trained and experienced in dealing with sexual addictions. Sexual addictions are a corruption of a natural desire, like eating disorders, and that's why it's treated like an eating disorder is. It's not treated like a drug addiction. 
So you need someone who's experienced in sexual addictions. And finally, you have to have an accountability structure developed and get the child involved if they're 12 and over. If you get buy-in from them, it'll work a lot better. Well, there's a lot in today's episode. I'm glad you joined us. If you'd like more information, visit our website, and there's always more in our Sex Kids in the Internet workbook. Next week, we're going to be starting a whole new segment of the show, so make sure you're here and make sure that you tell your friends to join us. And you can always help us by praying for us and visiting our website and telling everyone you know about sex, kids, and the Internet. Thank you. You've been listening to the Sex, Kids, and the Internet show, where we're not promoting pornography, but equipping families to defend themselves against 21st century temptations. Why? Because the threat is out there, and the Bible addresses it. The information and views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of ApostleRadio.org. For more information about Night's Quest Ministries, the producer of the show, visit ApostleRadio.org in their Programs tab, or visit our site at KnightsQuest.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your returning next week. Remember, spread the word. We'll be here. The pre- and post-production of Sex, Kids, and the Internet was engineered at Tucker Communications and aired on ApostleRadio.org. To contact, go to www.tukco.net.